visualization is such a powerful tool. So if you use visualization properly, you're you're bringing in all the different senses, and the more of those senses that that you can bring in, magnify the effect of that. Now the problem also lies, and there are some people who are very blocked with they cannot visualize or they have varying degrees of being able to visualize. Welcome to the Phase 4 Podcast, inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalka, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Nicole Magic. She's an empowerment alchemist who teaches people how to unlock their greatness and manifest the abundant life that everybody is capable of and deserve. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, JP. Yeah, so I always kind of like to start with like, how did you get into coaching? Um, and did something lead up to it? Uh, yeah, I guess if we rewind back to when I had started my business, I was uh, I did a lot of intuitive readings and workshops, and it just evolved into doing the coaching because people kept asking for more and asking for more. So then they started asking if I would train them one-to-one versus the groups. And it just evolved in that way. I used to be a chemist. And so I was used to driving a team forward and doing a lot of conscious leadership. And that became a lot of what I used in the whole empowerment of everything. That's awesome. So you went from like physical, chemical chemist to being an alchemist and transforming people inside yes it started off doing aura readings because i've seen aura and energy all of my life so it started that way and in those auric readings i would see everybody's blocks and i was also that person that i couldn't just tell you you had this block and say good luck with that and send you on your way I needed to give you a technique that you could start transforming that right away. So that's that's really how it really started. That's awesome. I love all this stuff. So aura, intuition. Every year I have a, a theme word for the year. And this year my theme word is intuitive sage. And it seems like all year I've been flying by intuition. And so maybe can we unpack a bit more about aura? Because I love it. Yeah, absolutely. What would you like to know? Because... Everything has an aura, and there's there's so many areas that we could go into. So what are you interested in, or what might your network be interested in? Yeah, I think maybe for people, but now I'm, now that you're saying that, it, I thought it was only people. So is it like rocks as well? Yeah, and actually, if you look at the trees, if anybody who has trouble seeing auras, if you look at trees in the distance, you can see their auric pattern um it's very big so it's the easiest to see is what i what i've noticed so usually i tell people just go look at especially uh, pine trees they have this glow around them so it's a good way to exercise it that's awesome 
And so you're doing intuitive readings, aura readings, and then you're sounded started to the group kind of coaching, but then people want the one-on-one because it's more powerful. And so you moved in towards that and you have a really amazing company website. Everything about it is just really radiant, I think is the word. So can we speak to that maybe? Yeah, sure. I, I love that. Thank you so much. That's, that's such a great compliment. I try to put my energy into whatever it is that I'm doing so people can see my personality, the high energy, um, that love and support and non-judgment because that's what most people come to me is that they feel very comfortable around me and they can open up to very um, personal things because I'm just I'm there to hold space for you and help you move on and, and be the best version of yourself while not holding that judgment because we're all human and we all have growth to do. So if we can stay out of the judgment zone, it's so nice to be able to be in that supportive place. Yeah, that's awesome. The gym I go to, they have stickers everywhere and it says judgment-free zone. And I always just think like, man, that's so good. And I bring it to groups that I teach and it's 11-11. And um, the idea, like where you just said there, it's such a compliment when people tell you that. I get the same feedback where you hold space really well. You can tightly, you can form a cohesive type group really quick and make it feel like a judgment-free space. And so that's such a powerful thing to be able to do. I don't think it's it's not like a, a natural thing. You you have to kind of work towards it, but it sounds like that's what you do. And is that out of all your kind of coaching, maybe first, what does your coaching look like more? And then what type is your favorite? Because I know you're doing a couple of different kinds. Yeah. So when it comes to my coaching, I take... Um... I take this approach that I I approach things from all different angles because I can see things from multiple faceted sides, right? And what I love the most is just tapping into what people want. So sometimes we think we want one thing, but when we start stripping it down, it becomes something completely different. And that's what my clients are like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was looking in the complete opposite direction and thinking this and and that the process that I bring people through it is very alchemizing so um when I start off I get the baseline of where are you at what are the limiting beliefs that are holding you back so I do a full assessment and then uh, I analyze that I go over it with you and I then we have a conversation around that stuff do a mind map with that so that I can show you visually all the areas in which you have these relationships with these beliefs that are coming out in these behaviors and creating this reality that you don't want and then we start honing in on the very specific beliefs Um, so The first one that we tackle is always the biggest one because, hey, if we can chop down the biggest tree, it's going to take out a bunch of the small ones. (laughs) So we do that. We hone in on that. And your belief is a very specific vibration inside of you. 
So even if I take two or 10 different people that have some kind of I'm not worthy belief, it's not so easy to say, oh, we're going to work on the I'm not worthy. Because in your body locked in these cells has this belief that it's I'm not worthy and deserving of XYZ because of this, that, and the other thing, which is very different from the person next to you. And my cat, Tony, is, you know, just a ham, so he's got to make his appearance. <laughs> okay. um, so it all it starts with that when we strip away that first belief and replace it with the new empowering limitless belief that will propel you to your success. That's where the biggest shift happens. So that's an that's we take care of that in in the matter of two weeks. Right, so and that first month is like just your all access pass to Nicole of really honing in on everything, answer any questions that you have. So we do online and offline stuff. And and then on the back end of that, we see how that integrates into your life. And then we go from there. We start creating a whole action plan for your success. Yeah, that's awesome. The first couple of weeks is so important to just take it slow and like, hey, if it takes two or three sessions to figure out where we're going. Because like you said, that the belief is always like this, oh, I want lots of money or something, right? And why do you want the money? So you don't have to work. So you don't really want the money. You just don't want to work every day or whatever. And there's always something deeper. And the idea of I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, it's not for me. These are like the limiting beliefs that are inside all of us. And most of them start with at a very young age and they're not even ours. They're just other people told us things and we either took it the wrong way or we took it personally or we attached emotion to it. When really it's somebody else's belief. Yeah, absolutely. The epigenetic factor is just crazy. And also our our little kid minds when we assign meaning to a situation. And it can most most of the, the limiting beliefs that I see really end up stemming back to abandonment and shame. And a lot of times clients will say, well, you know, I was never abandoned. And I don't mean abandoned that you were, you know, left on the side of the road somewhere. But it's more of an assigned meaning where it could be something as simple and silly, if we want to use that word, as mom or dad is on the phone because they're talking with a client, uh, a doctor, some kind of important phone call. And you might be that five-year-old kid who is like, and just doing all this stuff and trying to get the attention and and you get the you know the shush shush push you away like not right now go away and then you assign a meaning that your voice isn't important to be heard um nobody loves you they don't want to listen to you all that stuff and if that happens several times you ingrain it into your patterns and then you make decisions on that and they become blind spots for you right like everybody wants to be seen everybody wants to be heard everybody wants to be loved and i know exactly what you're talking about it happened to me yesterday and like sometimes you just have work to do and there's things that has to be done and like i'm still at home here with you you know what i mean i'll be there like five minutes whatever it is but sometimes there just has to be and then 
I can see sometimes the daughter is like she's not understanding it, and I have to like explain to her, "Look, Daddy loves you, and I see you, and I hear you." But I just had to finish that phone call, and then even as I'm saying that, maybe the butt part is what she's only hearing, right? Yeah, and it, you know, um, if I can make a suggestion as to you know a, a different way to look at it or talk about it is, um, I know in my house, especially doing work from home and on the computer. And having kids home, whether it's, you know, off you know, summertime, off of school and all that. And there's kids coming in and out and, and kids need you for whatever that happens in, in that moment, right? I just had to create a, a rule of if this door is shut, I'm on with a client or on a podcast or recording something. And if it's an emergency... By all means, bust on in because everybody will understand. If it is not, you have to wait until I'm done. So you can either send me a text and ask when I'm going to be done or I'll post it on the door. And that has worked because you're just creating a boundary that is preformed and accepted by both parties, right? So if dad's on the phone, Maybe you have a code, a code gesture of how long until you're off because, you know, and is it and a code gesture for is this an emergency or not? You know, just because those little kids, they they just need they need that affirmation that you are there and you, they are loved and you do want to hear them. So before I created that, that um that boundary and the rule and the the notification on the door, it was, you know, they'd bust in, they'd be asking me questions, they'd be interrupting things. And I had to have these conversations around, hey, it's really important that I get my work done. So I have, if I, if I was at work, I would be unavailable. So you wouldn't have been able to access me and how important they are. And also, you're so important to me that I don't want to be distracted when I'm listening to you and putting my attention on you. So there's a mutual thing where with my clients, I need to have the attention on them. And when I'm talking to you, I want to be fully engaged with you. And that's something that really helps because they have to understand that you want to be fully engaged. You want to have your full attention. I want to be able to have my full attention on you speaking to me without anybody else there. Yeah, I agree 100%. The idea of boundaries, when you first started talking, I was thinking boundaries, and it, that's what it is, right? And I'm like, I'll even tell them, like, okay, if I'm recording, I'm, you can't come in the room right now because I'm recording. Unless something crazy, you need me, that's fine. And then other times, yeah, maybe I'm just on a call or I'm listening, and then, yeah, come on in, that's fine. But it's so important for anyone thinking about boundaries, not sure about boundaries. There's a really good book called Boundaries, and it definitely has a lot of religious overtones and lots of stuff out of the Bible. But if you can, and that's not, if that's not your thing and you can get past that, the book is just really good for how to create boundaries because it's so important. It's just like the container, right? You set the container beforehand and then everybody understands almost like. And a lot of coaches, so almost like a coaching conversation, right? What are we doing in this conversation? What are we trying to achieve? And you set the context, and it's the same. That's a boundary right there. And so the part about going to childhood and getting these ingrained in epigenetics, you're reminding me of Bruce Lipton. 
How I love Dr. Bruce Lipton. We both worked in cell culture, so <laughs> I love his I love his stuff, the biology of belief, and um, I love the science based uh, spiritual connection as well. And it was kind of funny because when I was listening to him talk about the biology of belief and cells and cell culture, um, it was funny because I worked in cell culture and when like the cells are supposed to die off <laughs> and you know over a certain period of time and, and mine seemed to have lived a lot longer than, than what they were yeah. and he talks about that right like that they started doubling 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 and it's like whoa one thing about that book that book by any, anyone biology of belief by dr bruce lipton amazing amazing book and it it gives us a real insight into like limiting beliefs and what we think and kind of what we see isn't always the truth. And um, I think one part about that is just how he knew this information for so long and people were like, you're crazy. And now it's like accepted as like, oh yeah, this is the way, this is the way. And he's like, I'm trying to tell you that 50 years ago. Like, oh. Yeah, I know. And he's such a sweet and gentle man. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Who are some of your other mentors? Ooh, I, oh, I do love um, a lot of the things that Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, talks about too. He's he's made a lot of breakthrough and has like risen up the charts on on so many things. And uh, so I really love his stuff. It it's really I have that science based you know experience and and background. So I love the sciency people. Um, you know, Nikola Tesla. Right. He's my go-to. The energy vibration. He's definitely my go-to. If, if I could ever bring somebody back from the dead, I would necrophile him. Yeah, I love what he says. Like the, the secrets of the universe is when you find energy vibration. Uh, Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe is so good because I think he bridges the spiritual and the science better than anybody. And just some of the things he's doing, like, Man, if you grow up and you're like reading stories about Jesus doing all these miracles, like Dr. Joe is doing these things, right? And it's so crazy. Sorry, that I kind of got into that stuff too. So um, anyway, let's talk about you more. So maybe <clears throat> how about your company? What does it look like to work with you? What what are you offering right now? Anything, wherever you want to take it. Yeah, so I, I'm, I look for people who they're ready to they're just they're ready to shift they probably have done uh, a bunch of self-development work and that's typically more on the conscious level so you kind of get to this space of of working on yourself self-growth in that conscious realm and then once you start you you create this space and everything's going along great and then all of a sudden it's like here we are again what is going on and it's at that point where if you're hitting your head against the wall, it's because of subconscious elements. And you don't even know what it is that you're doing or saying that's creating what it is that you don't want. And I talk to people all the time that they sit there and they're saying these things. And I'll just write, I'll write stuff down. I write things down because I like to spit them back in your words because it's a very particular vibration, right? So everything is vibration. 
And when you use certain words, that's why sometimes somebody will say something and it resonates with you. And then somebody else could say the same exact thing in different words and it's flat. It doesn't mean anything to you. It's because it's not connecting with your vibrational rate. So people will say things and I'll just spit it back and say, did you, have you realized that you said this phrase, like very negative things, this phrase this many times in the past 14 minutes, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, no way. Now, okay, yeah, they said, this is how things progress from saying that to where your reality is. And it's just a crazy thing. Yeah, it's powerful, right? When people see what they're actually, they're like, I didn't even know I was saying that. And I'm like, yeah, well, the reason it can't happen is because you keep saying can't, 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 can't. So the universe is answering your questions and your wishes. I yeah. think um, it's so powerful. What is Dr. Joe has one where he says, like, you set, you're talking about vibration. So he's like, you send it out. What is it? The emotion. You send it out, the vibration, right? And that's like, It'll bounce along forever until it meets a match. And then the emotional attachment is what magnetizes it to come back to you. Yeah. Yeah, which is why visualization is such a powerful tool. So if you use visualization properly, you're you're bringing in all the different senses. And the more of those senses that, that you can bring in magnify the effect of that now. The problem also lies in there are some people who are very blocked with they cannot visualize or they have varying degrees of being able to visualize. Some people just can't pull up a picture in their head. Can you practice that and develop it? You can develop it to a, a point. I think there. I think some people just have um, a, a wiring in their brain that they that they have an inability to conjure up an image. So there are some things that you can do. Um, but I also suggest if you if you can't bring up that visual image inside your head, then grab a picture of something and look at it and bring in all the other senses. Because get excited about it, get emotional about it, smell the salty air of the ocean or wherever it is that you're at right whatever that is just bring it all in and i've even worked with some clients to increase that ability to visualize and bring all the senses in and i said you know like practice with looking at an orange and looking at the surface of it and feel what it feels like in your hand see all the bumps and everything pinch it and and smell that orange and then try to put it down and like can you can you what can you bring back and just amplify that so that's great yeah the, the idea with visualization too like is so good what you just said about use your other senses because if you can even if you can't already see the picture still use your senses it just makes it that much more real and then you gave me a beautiful segue. So this is the phase four podcast and phase four in the six phase meditation by Vishen Lakhiani is all about creating your future three years out through visualization. So where is Nicole three years from today? Uh, three years from today, I would love to be. Well, that means that my, my youngest will be about 
17 going on 18. So I could be anywhere at that point. And um, so I see myself doing a lot more traveling and speaking and um, like stage speaking again. And uh, sky's the limit because impacting lives everywhere. <laughs> Amazing. So when we talk about phase four, right, it's creating a future three years out. And part of the idea is that if you revisit this dream of yours and you keep it going every day in your meditations, visualizations, whatever you want to call it, and you keep revisiting that same dream, every time you go back into your future, you come back with a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you turn and you can hear the laughter or you see the sunset and you feel the warmth. And so it becomes more real. And then what happens is when you get there, it's like, oh, I've already been here. And then it's like, you're, and also your brain starts to pull it towards you. Yeah, it's so, it so does. And I have this, um, it reminds me what you're saying, reminds me of my uh, magical manifestation script. So I pull in all of the components of manifestation on all of the levels. And there's some script part that's hard coded to make sure that those components stay there. And then there's an element of what you create, you know, that visual of what your life looks like. And we put that in there. And sometimes, um, so my my one-to-one -one coaching clients, when we get through, if they're coming to me specifically for, you know, these, these types of things, um, I will record that for them as a guided meditation. So that way there, they're brought through that process and they don't have to sit there and think about it because guess what? Part of manifesting is being in that space and not thinking, <laughs> allowing thoughts to just like float through without actually thinking. So when you're guided through it, you're able to just be prompted and go into that space. Yeah, for sure. It's just like um, a circle, right? If you block it with a rock or something, then you're blocked. That's a blockage. And then you take it away and now water can flow through or whatever we're doing. I love that idea of like the recorded meditations. And so something with those things, um, will that work? Like if someone's listening to it while they're sleeping or falling asleep at nighttime, will that work? That will, well, anything that you're sleeping, it's going to speak to your subconscious, right? So you want to do it, maybe, maybe you do it both ways. Do it while you're sleeping and also practice it so that you ingrain it into the conscious part of you as well, working through subconscious. A hundred percent. That's where I was going is that you, if you can just go directly to your subconscious, then all of a sudden now that's your new program and yes. you're living a life of abundance. And I do it all the time. It's hip, auto hypnosis, some people call it. And I do it every night when I go to sleep. I listen to this lady and she's like oh you're the best and you're great and you're manifesting and you're healthy and all of it and feels good it works so um maybe what you said you wanted to go to stages speaking more and so um maybe what steps or anything have you taken towards that yeah i i've done speaking on the stage uh a lot and it was like pre-covid right so everything when covid hit I actually had 32 gigs booked and um, for that year. And then everything got, <laughs> everything got canceled. So um, 
it's more of the getting back on the stages. So I'm, I'm moving into some different areas too, because I do some teacher professional development days and bringing that workshop in because our teachers are pretty awesome out there. They're, they're working with our kids. They're working with malleable minds and, and it's really tough for them these days too. So if they, if they have the, the tools and techniques that are equipped for not only shifting their own selves, but also able to stay in the zone, hold the space for kids when, you know, all of these kids are freaking out sometimes and being able to be in that zone and guide them through that. That's, that's kind of really my mission on, on helping the teachers. That's awesome. My wife's a teacher, and so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, like the recorder. So the kids come over and they're playing the recorder. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, ah. And she's like, yeah, try doing it with like 35 kids, right? So, yeah, I love it. Um, and it's what important. You, uh, what my daughter just turned seven, and my son just turned nine, but the, she teaches like all elementary. So. Gotcha. I do some, um, I do some, after school programs at some private schools so the the kids that have extended school pieces I, I go in and i teach different things and there's always an empowerment element to it so it's kind of fun because uh those kids are just awesome the the things that they're thinking and the way that they really absorb i think third through fifth sixth grade is probably my favorite yeah yeah any particular reason i think it's the just the the age the personality development so they're they're capable of of being attentive long enough for you to you know work with them on on a deep level and have fun and they understand more so you can do you know, use math and science and different things um, to show different elements of um, empowerment and stuff like that. Yeah. And then going back to the Bruce Lipton thing, they're not on record. Like they're trying to, now they're out in the world. And I can see the difference between the seven-year-old and the nine-year-old, exactly what you're saying. The, the seven-year-old's still kind of on record. The nine-year-old, he's thinking for himself. He's and the way he sees the world, you can see it. It's like, yeah, pure magic. Yeah. So when when you show them something and it makes sense and they can feel it and experience it, because that's when I when I do workshops and things, there's it you have to experience something, right? And that's the best way to learn and capture different elements of things. That's so huge. So that's like meet the client where it's at. And it doesn't matter if it's a kid or an adult. But yeah, you meet them where they're at. Yeah. I think it's that's super powerful. And something you just said there about breathing, I'm noticing this more and more how how important it is. Like running is like my meditation. And if you can just breathe when you're running properly, it goes forever. Chopping wood, if you take the deep breath, everything, push ups, whatever it is, like breathing is so important. Yeah, that's uh, there are people that whether they're my friends or uh, clients of mine that they hold their breath a lot, and, and so I find myself saying, "Breathe, breathe." Uh, 
And if I notice somebody is holding their breath or they're like just getting in this space, I'm like, just breathe. I'll be on the phone with somebody. I can feel them not breathing. I'm like, breathe. <laughs> yeah, I I facilitate chronic pain groups. And most of the time, the people are kind of sitting down, slouched, and they're in pain, right? But the reason, and I'm like, you just sit up and breathe. Like, so when you're doing that, you're crunching up your spine and everything, and you're not going to get the breath properly. Yeah, and especially like that. Um, I think women, too, especially with the whole image and, and look and judgment and, and all of that, women are are not inclined to belly breathe because, you know, the belly gets bigger. Well, yeah, because you're breathing. <laughs> uh, right. Even the, the clothing, the clothing, like corsets and stuff from back in the day, like it was <laughs> the whole yeah. time. So binding and restrictive and... And I think, you know, getting into that space, there was, um, I, I remembered, this is going back now because I'm 48 years old. Yes, I said it. Um, back when I was 18 and I was working uh, in the summertime at this, um, at this plant and the ladies were talking about things and, you know, how to make the stomach tighter. And just, if you just walk around tightening your stomach, I'm like, then you're not breathing. I was like, how do you breathe if you're tightening up your stomach? Because all you can do is just like way up in the higher chest area. That's where you're breathing. I'm like, oh, you're going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. So you're okay. Actually, as we begin to wind down, if this resonates with you, please like, subscribe, share with a friend. And if you're thinking of a particular friend when I say that, that's a friend you need to share it with. So. Reach out to Nicole if you think she can help. And I think I would ask, since your last name is Magic, do you believe in magic? Do you see magic? I think auras are kind of like magic. Force. Magic is everywhere and magic is what you make it. So if manifesting is like magic, right? If you can conjure something up through energy, that's magic. 100%. Light is magical. Right. I have 11 puppies downstairs. I have two golden retrievers and one gave birth like a month ago. And right now there's 11 puppies downstairs and that's absolute magic. Oh my goodness. Yes, that is. So cute. The power of the cuteness. <laughs> yeah. And so before I kind of ask my last question, is there anything you'd like to share that I didn't get to? Anything either about your business, offers you have, or even just other things, books you like to read, places you like to travel, anything? Yeah, I'll say that um, when I work with people, I find that there are, there's a, a few foundational pieces that people aren't sure about or they don't know. Or I, find, I found myself doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like these pieces that... I like people to have this knowledge before they start working with me because it's so foundational that I don't want to take up the time with you to to get you in this place when I could be bringing you and elevating you to a completely different level in that time. So I recorded the stuff instead and I have it free on my YouTube. So um, those things are making aligned decisions because, hey, you really need to know what your yes and your no is and how to read your body and how to know when your body is lying to you and circumvent when the body is, you know, 
completely trying to self-sabotage you into making the wrong decision. So I teach you how to make an alliance decision because, hey, if you're ready to work with me, then know you're ready to work with me. And if you're not, know that too, because I don't want your money if you're not going to be able to do the work, right? Because there's plenty of coaches out there. You can you can throw your money at them and they'll take it. But I'll tell you right out. <laughs> I love it. So there's that one thing. And then there's two other things. One is um, about imposter syndrome and how imposter syndrome relates back to shame and abandonment. And that's really quick. It shows up, like shows how imposter syndrome comes up in your life, uh, how you behave in those instances and, you know, how to shift out of that. And then there's also a heal your inner child session. So I take you through an actual NLP session. So I talk about it, what it means to do this, and then take you through the session and then what to watch for after. So you can choose whatever it is that you like, shame, abandonment, guilt, you know, some trauma or whatever it is, and it'll walk you through moving that out in the entire timeline throughout your entire life. Magic. Um, so one thing I like, I coach coaches and one thing I like about that is exactly what you're saying. They're already like aware they're on the path already. And it just makes it a lot easier for me. And then imposter syndrome, um, maybe not imposter syndrome. The other thing about knowing what your voice and the analyzer is telling you, if it's lying or not, this happens to me every single time I go running, there's a voice going, you can't finish that. You're not going to be able to do that. And like, at one point I used to be like, okay. Like, I'm not sure if I can or not, maybe. But now I know, like, whatever, the voice is just there and I'm going to do it no matter what. But the voice is still there. So I guess the point is, like, you have to just know what's what and maybe sometimes tell that voice to shut up. Maybe. And see where that voice is coming from. So is it coming from a particular area in your body? For that particular voice, I know exactly. It's just wants. It doesn't want to do the work and it's hard to breathe and it's a hard workout and it would rather just sit there and eat chips or something. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. What part of your body's coming from and that that right away takes your mind away from that voice and it puts it onto your body. Some another technique would be to use colors with that, right? Try do you see a certain color when you hear that or feel that? Because if it if it's up in the head area, it it's related to anger. So something needs to be changed. If it's in the heart or throat area, that's related to grief and sadness. So something needs to be let go. Something needs to be processed out. And then if it's in the abdominal area, that's related to fear and worry. So something needs to be addressed, acknowledged, and then, you know, moved through. Yeah. Something that's just coming up now that you said that and earlier you were talking about it is like some of these blockages, they can happen for lots of things, right? If you're taking too many medications, and I'm not saying don't take any medications, I'm not a doctor, but if you're taking too many medications, that can block you. If you're not eating the right foods, that can block you. And then alternatively, there's other foods that are like superfoods that can lift you up and raise your vibration and frequency. And then I see a cat, I was talking about dogs, things like animals, nature, it's all connected. And so those things will uplift your vibration as well. Absolutely. Tony comes and says hi to some, some of my clients sometimes. He knows who. It always seems to know who to come to. <laughs> yeah. Somebody from a yoga studio got a hold of us and asked us to bring in the puppies for like, it was for yoga, but it was for like old people. 
and they like it's a therapy thing and i was like yeah. whoa never thought of that but i'm like wow that's a great idea yeah because they're so cute and it's just you can't help but be happy around you know a puppy or a kitten <laughs> right you're allergic i guess <laughs> So my final question is, how can people reach you? Uh, people can reach me at magicllc.com. Uh, and I also have nicolemagic.com is my marketplace. So you can, there's some free resources in there to access. And uh, yeah, there's a way that you can email me, magic at magicllc.com. And you can do that through my website too. Right. Nicole, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. I'm really grateful. And this conversation was magic. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs>